From our studio headquarters in beautiful sunny Florida, it's in black and white. Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and patriots of all ages. Welcome to In Black and Right. We are the new definition of color commentary and we're starting a brand new week of podcasting adventures. And I am Jerry Brooks, your host as always, along as well as being your baby-faced assassin of freedom and your tour guide through the severely whacked alternate universe of Joe Biden's America. And boy, oh boy, have we got work to do today. We're probably going to end up doing ourselves a, uh, uh, probably a supersized version of the show today because there is a lot to talk about and then there is a lot that needs to be explained and called out. But before we get into all that fun, just want to let you good folks know if you want to send us an email with questions, comments, hate mail, whatever, in black and right at gmail.com or you can go to our wonderful website in black and be sure to visit the online store maybe pick up something uh, for yourself or for a loved one as we're heading into election day which is 57 days and counting and boy oh boy is it getting more and more desperate and weird now of course yesterday the 21st anniversary of 9-11 and this was a day I mean if you're old enough to really remember it this was really a day to just be American and to mourn those who were tragically killed for the firefighters the police officers uh, the folks in the Pentagon who uh, served the country for the people of Shanksville Pennsylvania who tragically died but they died as heroes these these are the people that make America great these are the people who should be honored some for their sacrifices others were just civilians who were sadly at the wrong place at the wrong time but still this was a day when Americans came together Americans not Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Libertarians, whatever. It was Americans who uh, were the ones that day. We didn't have labels except American. But now, 21 years later, only the Democrats and their incestuous relationship with the media can take something so solemn to take the worst disaster and tragedy in modern American history and pervert it into some political game and that's pretty sick folks that's pretty sick that's not why I remember 9-11 not because I'm being conservative no 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 but the fact that you have people like Senator Mark Warner Democrat of Virginia and the chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee going on the sun, going on a Sunday show and saying probably one of the most inane, insane, 
Uh, I mean, there are several other adjectives that come to my mind, but this dude is one sick puppy. That's right, one very sick puppy. And he, like others, other uh, Democrats, Democrats, whichever you prefer, it's interchangeable in my world, to go on and say that a day like this is nothing more is to be compared to January 6th? The fact that these moronic dingbats are bringing up January 6th on a day like 9-11? There is no comparison. <clears throat> Excuse me. There is no comparison. 3,000 people did not die on January 6th. Four commercial aircraft were not turned into weapons of mass destruction on January the 6th. And the fact that they would even have the unmitigated asinine gall to even compare the two is pretty ballsy to me. I mean, it's stupid, it's pathetic, but it does require some chutzpah. But I'm not going to, don't take my word for it, I will let you listen to Senator Mark Warner of Virginia yesterday on Face the Nation and the it, reporter asking him this question, are we paying enough attention to the Middle East and to Afghanistan? This is what Mark Warner said. using. This is psychops stuff, folks. They are calling the people who were there on January 6th insurgents, domestic terrorists, insurrectionists, and no, it's not by accident. It is a coordinated effort with Democrats, their mainstream media minions, and oh yeah, and they are going to do whatever they possibly can to make you America-loving people look like some type of psychopaths. You know, now, and the fact that January 6th got mentioned, and with Congress back from its August recess, and now the January 6th kangaroo court is going to be back at it again with their foolish hearings, which have been a ratings disaster, number one. Number two, people see right through them and all that they're doing and the polling backs it up but yet they're still going to bide their time now especially with Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger who are going to be gone bye bye see ya I mean this is not the best way to spend your last few weeks as members of Congress 
you got better things to do, but because you are Trump derangement syndrome sufferers and you're part of the Uniparty, yeah, we're just going to just hang out, have these hearings, which have been nothing burgers with a whole bunch of fries. So, I don't know why you're still going to do it, but hey, it's okay. Because after November, you're done. You are seriously done. Especially you, Liz. 30, losing your primary by 38 points. Seriously? Girl, you got nothing. And now, of course, the mainstream media loves you. And 20 years ago, they went after your daddy. Called him all kinds of names. But yet now they love you because, oh, you hate Trump. Well, look what your hate got you. Nothing. You're going to be gone. And don't even think about a run in 2024. Because you can. But you're going to be pretty much worthless. You're not going to have... You can't run as a Republican. Because everybody knows you. You're probably going to have to run as an independent. And you're not going to get enough people to vote for you. Sorry. You know, and as far as fundraising goes, sorry. You're not, unless you got a whole lot of very rich people, your daddy's friends, the Bushes, and whoever else. No, 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 no. Sorry, Liz. You're done, baby. You are D-U-N done. But still, they want to put nine, the, the January 6th kangaroo court out there as somehow they're serious. They're not. They never have been. And as far as little Jamie Raskin, the Democrat from Maryland, pss, dude, sit down, have a Prozac, and shut up. You're irrelevant. So if you got a problem with it, Fine, you might keep your house seat, but you're going to be in the minority, buddy. You're just going to have to live with it. Enjoy the majority while you got it. Because in 57 days, uh, no, you're done. I mean, you might not be done as losing your seat, but no, sorry. You're just going to be, again, eh, pretty much uh, irrelevant. That seems to be the word that's the most appropriate irrelevance or irrelevant so yeah okay whatever so Mark Warner Senator Warner acts like a total dingbat and that's really sad because there are more people than that who did the same sort of thing yesterday mock I mean Mayakas and others Biden and his speech at the Pentagon, ugh, next, so I did just, the only thing I really did was do a, a, a an Instagram live uh, on my page and just gave a little bit of a tribute because I really didn't want to make it about me, I just wanted to give a reminder to what it's really all about. And I'm totally okay with that, and it was fun. But, oh man, you want to talk about some real craziness, folks? Hang, hang, hang on to this. And I, I love this story because there's a guy in Texas, a Democrat named Vincente Gonzalez, who used to represent Texas 15 
congressional district. But he, but he left that district, moved to the 34th district, and went up against Myra Flores because he figured it was safe for Democrats. Oh, wrong, wrong, and very wrong. Myra Flores was a history maker. She got over half the vote. The two, two of the Democrats who ran against her, I mean, she got it all. And she turned a traditionally Democrat district and had been for 150 years since Reconstruction. And now she made history as the first Mexican-American and a Republican to take the seat. Now, Vicente Gonzalez has apparently now come out and it was in the blaze, the story about him claiming that the seat was stolen. The election was, the special election in Texas was stolen. I thought, oh man, this is going to be fine. Here's a guy, a Democrat, who was in one district, moved to another because he thought he was all that in a bag of chips, or maybe a bag of nachos, I don't know. But still, yeah, and I said that, so get over it. So he thought everything was going to be just fine. Hey, you know, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Hispanic, everything's going to be just stinking awesome. Well, Myra Flores just basically uh, took your moment and stepped on it and squashed it like a bug. Yay, Myra Flores. You go, girl. But now, what's really hilarious, nobody in the mainstream press is picking up this story. Because apparently, if you're an election denier, especially 2020, you're awful. You're terrible. You're a threat to democracy. Well, then you might as well throw in this uh, Vincente Gonzalez right into the mix, and he's a Democrat. But we seem to forget, ladies and gentlemen, that Democrats did this too. And I want to basically let the great one, Mark Levin, tell you what the deal is. And it's this whole idea of, you know, election, the election was stolen, an election denier. Well, back in 2017, after Hillary Clinton got smacked upside the head by Donald Trump, you should hear some of the things that they said, but I'm going to let the great one, Mark Levin, do that for me. Phony coup efforts, phony criminal investigation. Right. They tried to destroy that man. And a weaker man could not have gone to govern under the conditions, would have resigned or just would have been in mostly a fetal position. But Trump is not a weak man. He's a man. And so now we're supposed to accept elections. But I remember a time not long ago when the Democrats did not accept elections. Didn't just fail to accept the 2016 election, but as I've just explained, failed to un uh, sought to undo it and undo the presidency that resulted from the 2016 election. Go. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. How can you win with Russian interference? That's, That's a real what I'm thing. I'm scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So. 
You are absolutely right. He is an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice president for candidate? <laughs> Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election, and he was put into office because the Russians interfered. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. You said you believe that Russia's interference altered the outcome of the election. I do. We have a president who, if in fact it is proven, uh, has been assisted by the Russians and may in fact not be a legitimate president. The one thing that Trump is fearful of uh, when it comes to his being president is that finally we will see how illegitimate his victory actually was. I have an objection. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. I object because people are horrified. He's an illegitimate president. Do you believe Trump is illegitimate president? What I believe is that there's no question that the outcome of this election was affected by the Russian interference. But there absolutely is a cloud of illegitimacy. So that legitimacy is in question, yes. So that was a very tainted election. And in that sense, it's illegitimate. Why do you think the president is going to such great lengths to essentially prove that he beat you? Because he knows he didn't. He knows he's an illegitimate president. Okay. There's more to that, but I'm just going to leave that as is. Yes, you heard it multiple times from multiple people. From Hillary Clinton all the way down to members of Congress, Senate, and other such, well, demon, demon crap minions. Yes, they, this is, 20, this is 2017, 2016. These are Democrats, not one single solitary Republican. So now, hmm, here you go. Uh, now you want to talk about election deniers. Well, here we go. Just five years ago, Democrat after Democrat after Democrat on all kinds of programs were screaming about Trump's an illegitimate president. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden, here in 2022, now they think they're pure as the wind-driven snow. They're so virtuous. Biden was elected. If anyone actually believes that Joe Biden actually got 81 million votes I will get you an appointment with a psychiatrist because you are severely off your rocker or off your meds. Period. End of discussion on that. Sorry if you hate what I just said. Too bad. Because I, I find it difficult to believe that Joe Biden got more votes than Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. Seriously? You know, and yet the screams from... Democrats all over the place in 2017 who even stood up in Congress in the House and the Senate objecting to the electors you know from all over the place uh no sorry I'm not gonna let the Democrats off on this one I will not because you can't be screaming about illegitimacy of a president five years ago with no proof and yet 2020 well you're an election denier and yet there's a hell of a lot of evidence from a lot of places about serious irregularities even a state like Pennsylvania which not once but twice refused a legal court order 
don't give me this crap. I don't care what you think of me. But if you're going to continue to believe that if you didn't like the results of the 2020 election, you're an election denier, well, pretty much go pound sand. Because there's more evidence. There's, I mean, from Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan's got a bunch, Pennsylvania, Georgia. I mean, come on, these are key swing states. And they had all kinds of problems. All kinds of problems. Irregularities. Uh, legislatures being ignored. Election laws being broken. Like, there were more election laws broken than plates at a Greek festival. And yet, we're the ones who are threats to democracy? Please, people. You are acting no better than desperate despots with your last gasp of trying to prevent what's coming down the pipe in 57 days. And you will do whatever you have to with your media friends to do so. I say, my friends, stay focused on the target. Stay focused on the target. These are not people you can reason with. You cannot talk sense into these folks. You cannot reason with someone that's unreasonable. And in the words, the immortal words of the great Winston Churchill, you cannot reason with a tiger while your head is in its mouth. Yep. And that's so true. So this is not a question of trying to convince people. No. It, it, it's not in that sense. These are people who are continuing to put forth this nonsense and they have to be stopped. Not stopped in a violent way. The way you take these clowns out is at the ballot box. Legally, no cheating, and you watch these people like a hawk. Because if, they, if it worked in 2020, they're going to try it again in 2022. For governor's races, for Senate races, for House races, they're going to try it. And yet, not every state is like Florida. We have been the real leader when it comes uh, to election reform and election integrity. We are the leader. And because we have a leader in Ron DeSantis, it's going to be interesting to see what happens and see if they try. Because our concept, our model, is being replicated in other states. The Commonwealth of Virginia, the Attorney General Jason Meares, has established an election integrity unit. And he is the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of the Commonwealth. So, yay happy. So, how, I don't know how many other states are going to be doing that, but I'll bet you the surge of precinct people, poll workers, poll watchers, partisan observers, when it comes to the vote counts, oh yeah. They're not going to pull this crap, this COVID crap. And if they do try it, they are going to have one very nasty case brought against them. Now, in blue states, 
you know, hey, you know, whatever goes, goes. And they're going to try. But the way you counter this, my friends, fellow Americans, patriots everywhere, you overwhelm them at the ballot box so that it is virtually impossible for them to cheat. Virtually impossible for them to cheat. And so, yes, this is going to be my message. And I will repeat it pretty much nonstop for the next 57 days. I mean, on November the 9th, I'll stop. And we're going to see what happens. Uh, not just in Florida, but in other parts of the country, too. Because the only way, like I said, to eliminate the possibility that the Democrats are going to cheat is you get out there and you overwhelm them. Do early voting if, it, if you have it in your state. Do day of voting. But make sure, if, above, if nothing else you're able to do, make sure you go vote. And voting doesn't cost you any money. Just make sure you're legal, and you go in there, and you vote. That's how this nonsense is going to be stopped. And that's only phase one, folks. Keep in mind, November 8th is only phase one. That's when the real, after November the 8th, is when the real work begins. And that's going to be in January, when the new Congress is seated, the Republicans get the majority in the House, but could also be in the Senate. There could be some flips uh, going on in the Senate, and you don't need that many. But you also have to get MAGA America First candidates in there. People who are going to go against Biden and fight this foolishness. To hell with the press. To hell with the Democrats. Do what the people who elected you to do. Do the job. That's what it's all about. For all the MAGA candidates. Now, people like, the, people like Kevin McCarthy, who wants to be Speaker... And Mitch McConnell, who needs to be voted out of leadership because he's on full-on mess. I mean, you deal with that when it comes. But for right now, the message needs to be sent loud and clear. And millions of voices have to come together to say, no more of this. No more of this foolishness. It has to be stopped. But I could rant on that for a while, but... I mean, something, and I mean, folks, it's not just the United States. Europe is getting this. Europe is getting this because the green policies of Europe, people have had it. They have had it yesterday in Sweden, of all places. A beautiful country. I have been there before. But, man, Sweden has said enough is enough we're not going for this and the right uh, the conservatives of Sweden are set to take over governance they're tired of this they're they're tired of seeing energy costs go through the roof and in spite of the pigtailed petulant wonder Greta Thunberg uh, Sweden has a chance here to turn things around 
in the EU. They do. Um, Italy, whose government has essentially collapsed, they're going to be having an election soon. And there's a woman there, Maloney, in Italy, who is set to be possibly become the leader of a new, more conservative Italian government. So this is happening. You've got Sweden to the north, turning conservative, possibly Italy to the south. You've got Britain, Liz Truss, the new prime minister, and Queen Elizabeth's last official duty as the sovereign monarch, two days before she died. Thank God for that. And yet, it, England's, not gonna, England's not liking it. They're trying to put a major league slam on the brakes moment for their energy cost. Because you have in the UK, Bloomberg did the story, six in ten British factories could be set to go bankrupt and out of business within the next six months because of energy costs. No. Germany got its lesson the hard way when Russia cut off the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. So yeah, uh, Sweden's not, Germany's figuring it out the hard way. France, um, Italy, Spain, other, other countries. No, they're, they're ditching this. They've got to ditch it because uh, if they don't, they're going to have a whole bunch of problems and they're going to end up with probably some revolts because people are tired of it. I mean, some 100,000 people in filled, the, filled Prague in the Czech Republic. They were sick of the they were sick and tired of the rising energy costs. They're sick of it. People all over Europe are upset over this because it's not only affecting their economies. You know, in the United States, we're having problems too because of the interconnectedness of the global economy. And yet, we've got 20 million households, not 20 million people, 20 million households who are behind on their utility bills. And in throw in businesses that are in the same boat, you got a major problem. And it has to be fixed. Uh, energy, American energy, needs to be unleashed. That's why states like Pennsylvania are very important because they are loaded to the gills with natural gas. Um, it's been called the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. And people like Doug Mastriano, to become governor in Pennsylvania with some of his allies, you can have major league impact on energy costs if you let states like Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania, you've got Ohio, you've got Kentucky, you have West Virginia and coal. We've got the resources. And because of all the green raw deal fanatics, we're, we're going to end up with a really nasty winter. I mean, now or before now is going to be the winter of a whole lot of discontent, especially up in the Northeast, the industrial Midwest, the Great Lakes region, and in the Plains.
Folks, wake up. This is wartime, really. It's not just political warfare, it's spiritual warfare, too. And sadly, very sadly, too many Christian leaders have opted to not deal with this. They want to deal with the nice, safe stuff. I said, if you can't figure this out, that we are in spiritual warfare, and there need to be intercessors praying, I don't know what to do. I, I just don't know what to do with people like that, because they won't listen. And that's the type of danger that we face. Not just as Americans, but as followers of Jesus. Because we just simply do not have the fortitude and the steel in the spine to confront evil when it's right in front of us. And if we are, and if we to be the people of God and not confront evil when we see it, then what the heck good are we? I do believe scripture says it quite well. When the salt loses its saltiness, it's of no good except to be trampled under the feet of men. Oh yeah. That dog will hunt and will preach if you've got the guts to do it. So yeah, we've got a lot of that too going on. So not just Sweden, and it's going to be coming. Italy's going to be coming up soon. And then we're going to have problems with that. But, oh, mercy. Um, I'm at the point now where I'm really sick and tired of people saying that, well, no, we have... No, who, who, oh, aye, aye, aye. let me try this again, folks. We have dingbats who are thinking that the big issues are climate change, abortion, uh, gender ideology. Wrong. One of the real issues that's been going on is our border. The southern border is Swiss cheese, folks. It's Swiss cheese. And since Biden came into office, we have allowed nearly 5 million illegal immigrants to just walk right on in. Now, Governor Abbott in Texas needs to be a lot more serious. This whole busing game, yeah, okay. Send them to D.C., send them to New York. Now you're sending them to Chicago. And now Mayor Beetlejuice, in a recent story, you know, they, they come from Texas, they come to Chicago, and then they're immediately bussed out to the suburbs in the, of the Chicago land area. Now, what really fascinates me is, what do Lori Lightfoot, Mayor Beetlejuice, the bald, the bald buffoon of a mayor in New York, Eric Adams, and Muriel Bowser, the mayor of D.C., all have in common. Not that they're socialists, not that they're completely off of their rockers, and they uh, are supposed leaders of sanctuary cities. The fact is, they're all black. All three of them. And yet, the very people who these illegal immigrants are 
pushing them out of jobs and everything else, the most adversely affected group when illegal immigrants come in and essentially take over a city or take over a state or whatever, the people who suffer the most are the minorities, blacks and Hispanics, American citizens, American minorities. And nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. Now, this, and then of course you've got Mayor Beetlejuice attacking uh, Governor Abbott's faith. I said, well, really? That's just nice. How compassionate are you, uh, Gov uh, Mayor Lightfoot, by letting black citizens of Chicago be shot up every freaking weekend and you don't say anything. All you want is more gun control. Just this past weekend, 30 people shot in Chicago. Oh boy, yay happy. More black folks and minorities shot and killed. Just a typical weekend in the Windy City. Huh. So don't give me this Oh, well, that's not compassionate. Oh, BS. Sit down. I mean, I've heard that argument before. It was pathetic then. It's even more pathetic now. Now that we have on our streets rampant crime, not just from Americans, but from illegals too. They've turned cities like Seattle, Portland, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York. They are cesspools. Sanctuary cities led by leftists who don't have the collective brain power God gave a tree stump. And that ticks me off. Especially when people like Lightfoot and Adams and Bowser have three of the biggest cities in the country and with very hefty minority populations. Oh, oh man, no, don't, don't even get me started on that. Just, just don't. And I'll deal with that, of course, of course, oh, and then later on, because we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna deal with this because it's not going away. It's not going away uh, anytime soon. But here's one that really, really messes with me. And thank goodness it's being led by law enforcement here in Florida. News. Uh, Polk County and its sheriff, Grady Judd, Polk County, Florida, has been conducting all kinds of human trafficking stings for, gosh, for quite a while now. And, yeah, this latest bunch that have been uh, rounded up, 160 arrested. 160 people, including Dis some Disney employees, teachers, uh, yeah, teachers, folks who are teaching your kids about drag queens and CRT and all this other stuff being arrested on a human trafficking operation. And even, I'm truly sad to say, a deputy po 
police chief from Georgia, a state corrections officer. Oh, I mean, like, hello? A Georgia deputy police chief? Now, you want to talk about severely damaging public trust? A George, a deputy police chief from Georgia gets arrested in a, in a sex sting operation. Wow. Absolutely wow. I mean, the teachers are bad enough, but it's not really a surprise considering how woke they are. But... Now, Disney employees, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. We've had, there's been plenty of those who've been arrested down there. But my God. Uh, I, I look at this story and uh, I can't even really read it. I really can't. Because when you've got this many people getting arrested on uh, on a massive human traffic sting operation? Yeesh! I mean, it just creeps you out. It, it really does creep you out. And speaking of Disney, well, apparently Disney, still in the woke business, still in the grooming business, big time, now more than ever, story came out yesterday. Disney and this teacher's organization partner on kids' books about sex, drag queens, and transgenderism. Oh, yeah. Now, the organization is making low-cost, sexually explicit books available to K-12 through teachers with affiliation like Randy Weingarten's American Federation of Teachers for more than 10 years. So, yes, the largest teachers' union in the country has now has been aligned with an organization to tell teachers K through 12 look here's some books that you can teach your kids about transgenderism and drag queens I mean ugh, this is I mean this is sick reading the story first book offers discounts to teachers with titles such as who is RuPaul and Fred gets dressed now, for those of you who don't know who RuPaul is, RuPaul is a drag queen. She's he, she, he, whatever. I don't care about the pronouns. Has a show on cable and has been having a show on cable for years. Uh, RuPaul has had people like Nancy Pelosi and AOC come on the program. And now, this other book mentioned in the article, Fred Gets Dressed. You know, this is just, it's recommended for children aged 4 to 6. Now, the text of the book reads, and this is just only one of the really messed up things. Quote, the boy loves to be naked. He romps around his house naked and wild and free. Until he romps into his parents' closet and is inspired to get dressed First, he tries on his dad's clothes, but they don't fit well. Then he tries on his mom's clothes, and wow, the boy looks great. Unquote. That, and they're going to try this, guaranteed, 
They're going to put it in libraries, school libraries, maybe even public libraries. That's taxpayer money, boys and girls. Seriously? You want your kids to read that, especially if they're really young? Four to six years old? Reading about some kid who gets off on wearing his mama's clothes? This is not cool. This is perverse. It is weird. And it's evil for teachers to even teach this stuff. Yeah, I said it. I mean, to little kids? This is why school board elections are absolutely important and vital. August 23rd was the Florida primary and 13, maybe 14, 13 school districts around the state of Florida flipped from leftist controlled to conservative pro-parent majorities, including Miami-Dade. The Miami-Dade School District, the largest school district in Florida, flipped to conservative and pro-parent. Uh, Ron DeSantis uh, had endorsed 30 school board candidates throughout the state of Florida, 25 of them won. So it is possible to turn this around and let Florida be your leader. I mean, not just Miami-Dade, but Sarasota and Duval County, which is the Jacksonville area. So three of Florida's biggest cities flipped. They flipped big time. And now, even more recently, and I love this, the Miami-Dade School District, their school board voted down recognizing LGBTQ month. So, yeah, they shot it down. And because, as one of the board members said, your job is to educate, not to indoctrinate. Oh, yeah, loved it, loved it, loved it. And for those who have a problem with it, too dang bad, get over it. Because these school boards were duly elected, fairly elected, nobody stole the election. So, if you got a problem, have your problem, sit down, have a Prozac, and go pound sand. This is crazy. But, my friends, there is hope. There is hope. All you got to do is remember, stay engaged, stay informed, and keep your eyes on the target. And with that, my friends, I'm going to take this supersized edition of the program today and call it an end. But I am so grateful that you've been here. Thank you for listening. Uh, all of our audio podcasts are available on all podcast platforms. Uh, just get your podcast wherever you get it. Uh, subscribe and follow us. Follow us on uh, internet on the internet we're on major platforms uh, such as getter we're on truth social we're on also rumble and we'll be doing more video um, we'll be doing more video uh, programming uh, starting this week and going up until election day so my friends do take care of yourselves have a great week uh, tomorrow is the last of the primaries, and the big one, uh, there's only three of them, uh, up in the Northeast, but the biggest one is going to be 
New Hampshire. That's a very big one. A lot of eyes are going to be watching it, and we're going to see what happens in the live free or die state. So, I love y'all. Take care. God bless you. And remember, patriots come in all colors.